So, um, let's talk about crowbars. Okay. What is a crowbar if not a metal club? <laughs> <laughs> Live from the Mundangerous Jail Cell in New York City, I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host Ishan. And welcome to Actual Play Episode 6 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we're continuing our playthrough of the 5th edition adventure, Sunless Citadel. Eberron is a sorrowful place. Where the five great nations on the continents of Corvair fought a hundred-year war for the throne of Galifar, and only recently settled for peace after a mysterious magical calamity called the Day of Mourning. Eberron is a wondrous place where magic is studied and industrialized, and living constructs called Warforged rub shoulders with elves, dwarves, and changelings on elementally powered airships and lightning trains. Eberron is a mysterious place where powerful magical tattoos called dragon marks shape the fate of their bearers, and the secrets of ancient empires and evils lie buried just below the surface. Of course, dear listener, you don't need to know any of that to follow the adventures of our hero, Tez Proudgale. He's just a rogue archaeology student unearthing secrets in the hinterlands of southern Breland, close to the borders of the gnome nation Zilargo and the goblin nation Dargoon. Though if you do want to learn more about Eberron, check out Total Party Thrill episode 33 for our full overview of the Eberron campaign setting. Tez Proudgale is deep into goblin territory and he's just stumbled upon um, captives, some kobolds, and oddly, a gnome. I immediately put my finger to my lips. Shh. All right, all of them uh, see that. Uh, they're at, at first like they they tense up and they're frightened when the door opens. Um, but then when they see it's you, um, they like visibly relaxing. Uh, well, the gnome gets a little excited and sort of like um, grabs the the bars of, of the cage and like puts his face uh, right up to it. And then when the kobolds see Meepo, they relax and they get. Not excited, but there seems like there's a glint of hope in their eyes. I, I whisper to them first, are you hurt? Um, they sort of look around and they all nod. And then the gnome also nods. Uh, but the gnome then points at the door and like makes a motion to like close the door. I will pull the door closed behind us. The gnome whispers, what have you done with the jailers? Uh, they're, um, well, two of them are knocked out. Two of them are tied up and knocked out. One of them's dead. The gnome nods grimly, uh, and then you you can see he has a, a holy symbol. Are you trained in religion? Uh, I am not trained in religion. Just lucky, I guess. <laughs> um, you can tell it's a holy symbol of one of the sovereign hosts, but you know you don't really pay attention to like which one. You know? Right? Yeah, I yeah. see Orlana, or I see nothing. 
Right. No, it's not Orlana. Aladra. Aladra. Right. Yeah. Aladra. <laughs> right. I see Orlana or I see nothing. <laughs> uh, he like whispers uh, what what seems to you like uh, just a short prayer for the dead. I mean, very short. It's almost perfunctory. Uh, but then he says, then uh, I think we will be able to, I think we'll be able to speak freely. They uh, only come in here to taunt us and uh, the goblins from further in only arrive perhaps every few days to question us. Well, I'm looking for the dragon. Huh. Why? Well, it's complicated. I'm on a rescue mission. Uh, I'm also a rogue archaeologist from Morgrave University. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, like, uh, learn things about what's going on down here, uncover the cult of Ashardalon. Uh, also, I've got to find these kids who are adult kids uh, for this lady in town, and there's a reward at the end of it. Also, I think there's uh, some guy with a frog somewhere around here that probably needs to be brought to some justice. Uh, it's all... Anyway, the queen asked me to do it, so I'm doing it because I need her help. So at the at mention of the dragon and the queen and things like that, the kobolds sort of like visibly, visibly seem relieved. <clears throat> um, and they, they sort of chatter excitedly. Like, yes, we will we, uh, we will return to the queen and she'll be so happy to see us. Um, can, I, can I trust you to return straight there and not <clears throat> make any diversion on the way? Uh, at first, they're like scared about leaving and going back into goblin territory. But when you explain that the way is clear, um, they they nod and like if you untie their ropes, they will scamper off immediately. I'll let them. Yeah, I'll just let them go. Uh, okay. and, and like I untie them, and I'm I'm also untying the gnome. Uh, and then like as as they they run, Meepo's like, tell them, tell them, Meepo, Meepo is brave, and will return with Kalsrix. Uh So you. So the gnome is in an iron cage, so you're going to either need to break the rusted iron bars or pop the lock. Uh, I will pop the lock. That's a 20. Uh, (laughs) 25. Child's play for you. Pops right open. He's swinging out. And uh, he almost like sort of tumbles out because it's been... Like, he hasn't been able to stand up in this thing at all, so his legs are a little weak. But he sort of shakily gets, uh, gets to his feet and says, Thank you. I, I appreciate your help. I have been uh, praying to Onatar for, for months now, and now finally my prayers have been answered. And so you, you would know Onatar is a member of the Sovereign Host, uh, god of fire and forge. Ah, okay. Uh, interesting for a gnome. Um... I pull out a water skin and offer it to him. Uh, he drinks thirstily, sighs, hands it back, and says, Morgrave, the college, huh? You really know how to get off on the right foot, guy. What's your, what's your name? I'm Erky Timbers, and he points at his uh, holy symbol. Of course you are. Uh, itinerant uh, priest of Onatar. Months past, I was on my way to seek my fortune, and I took the old road. But of course, it was my bad luck that the goblin bandits caught me. I've been here ever since... Onatar's blessings have kept me healthy, but otherwise I'm sure I'd be dead from starvation and abuse at the hands of the goblins. They captured you from the road. Indeed, I was surprised as well. I I thought that uh, there hadn't been goblin attacks in years. Interesting. That is not something that I saw signs of when I traveled, nor did I hear warning of that from the town. Well, perhaps you are a brave and strong adventurer, it seems. Yes, well, I am a rogue archaeologist. Yes, 
Mm. It will be interesting to see uh, which which of those uh, is <laughs> which of those you were best at. Uh, so far, I've seen Rogue. Anyway, uh, this dragon. Do you have any idea where it is? Ah, the dragon. Yes, they a bugbear brought in the dragon not too long ago, but I have not seen it since. Although every once in a while, I hear a great commotion uh, from what I, I can assume is several rooms away. Uh, it has been quiet lately. Uh, you, though, are not the the first to come looking for the dragon. There were uh, three humans um, just a few weeks ago. Ah, yes, those are the uh, children I seek. Uh, they didn't. They didn't look like. Hmm, they didn't look like children. But I can. I can never really tell with the, with non gnomes. Adult children. Ah, I see. I see. Yes, I, I see what you're saying. Yes, they were captives with me uh, in this very room for a while. Their names were, uh, they said, Talgin, Sharwin, and Sir Brayford. Those are the ones. The goblins kept them in here only about a week before they removed them. Balak wanted them, which is, I assume, unfortunate for them. Uh, Balak? The man with the frog? Yes. I have never seen him. Uh, I assume he's some sort of spellcaster, though. Uh, a wicked, wicked man. And he has a a frog mm, familiar, perhaps? Uh, I, I don't know if it is necessarily familiar, but it is a pet of some kind. He tends an enchanted garden and harvests fruit from something the goblins call the Gulthius tree down below. But they only speak of it in terrified whispers. Uh, a, an enchanted fruit grows on it, apparently. And the goblins, they work for him, with him? They fear him? Mm, this is interesting. You can see the condition of this tribe of goblins seems quite primitive. But, you know, as as you know, uh, often the, the goblins have a long history of um, artifice uh, and skill with arms and armor. So it's a bit surprising to find them in this condition. I suspect they are terrified and... Uh, perhaps indentured to to Balak. Hmm. Not that it excuses what they have done. You know, if there's two things that I like in this world, it's liberating artifacts from their lost homes (sighs) and helping the downtrodden. (sighs) (laughs) Do you suppose, Erky, that we could convince the goblins to rise against their oppressor? That, I think, unfortunately, might be a problem. From what I can tell, the this particular tribe was usurped by a hobgoblin um, only a few years ago. There seems to be some, some strife uh, in the leadership. So I, I don't know. From what I can tell, the hobgoblin who runs the tribe right now is particularly cruel and seems to like having his small little fiefdom. Uh, far away from Dargoon. But if you wish, I could join you. It does seem like my best hope to get out of here. I am a priest of uh, some ability. And I am a rogue archaeologist in frequent need of healing. (laughs) And some might say uh, soul-saving. You're a priest of Onatar. Uh, Perhaps you could say a prayer to Eladra on my behalf once in a while, too. Of course, they're siblings, of course. 
So, ding, 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 Erky Timbers joins the party, and <laughs> I have already given you um, his sheet. He is another sidekick, a level two healer, which is a divine spellcaster. A couple things to know about him. He knows common, draconic, gnomish, and goblin, and he can turn undead once per short rest. All right. There's part of me that wants to finish this job get this dragon and go back but Erky you gotta understand there's another part of me that wants you to use that channel your ability and open a door for me and I'm I'm really I'm struggling here I'm really struggling here so he sort of perks up at this and he says oh I'm a mystery, in- interesting, a mechanism that can only be opened by rebuking the dead? This, this is very interesting. Um, devised by an artificer, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, it, it was an inscription in Draconic. Uh, one time the inscription did what it said. The other time the inscription also did what it said, just more malevolently. Uh, I don't know what will happen when you rebuke undead in front of this doorway, but I assume it will either open or fill the room with undead. (laughs) Ah, yes. The designers of these, what you might call old school dungeons, were uh, particularly malicious. Indeed. I suppose that we should pursue the dragon while we're here and while we still have the advantage of surprise. Well, um, I will follow your lead. Like I said, they, the goblins only come here every few days. Uh, sometimes we hear them passing through on a way to raid the kobolds, but the, there was one fairly recently. I don't think there will be one soon. I would guess if you have dispatched the jailers that we have at least a few hours unmolested. If there is something that you think might help us in the remainder of your quest, we could tackle that or I guess uh, somehow go retrieve a dragon maybe you should put me back in the cage we're going to the door you've talked (laughs) me into it (laughs) before you leave the only other thing that you notice in here that might be of value is there is at least one set of manacles that seem like they could still work ah interesting uh on our way out we're going to um (laughs) throw some more prisoners in cages I'm the villain of this story, I'm realizing. <laughs> of course you are. You're the villain of every story. All right. I, yeah, but uh, let's let's return to the, uh, the the dragon rebuke undead door. All right. So that is the uh, hallway where you've stashed the still currently unconscious goblins. You approach the door again, and uh, the inscription, again, says, Rebuke the dead, open the way, in Draconic. And close to the door, the air is noticeably cooler. Uh, Erky... The door says, in Draconic, rebuke the undead, open the way. I, I assume that means something to you as a, as a holy person. Yes, it's, it's interesting. I've never quite seen something like this. So he like places his hands on the door itself and, and concentrates. However, AC 13 on Erky, who is currently uh, no, he has no gear. That'll hit him. That makes sense. Wow, that's not great. Okay, so when he touches the door from a previously completely hidden, completely hidden slit comes 
a huge scythe blade that just swings down and scores him across both arms. Uh, if he had been listening at the door, it may have taken his entire head off, and he takes seven points of slashing damage. <laughs> uh, I'll catch him when he falls. Okay. Ah. Um, he, he looks down his hands. Oh, oh, goodness. Um, so you can see the, the blade has swung and then sort of like disappeared again, but you can see how the mechanism works now, so you're pretty sure that using your thieves tools you would be able to uh, either dismantle it or block it when it swings again yeah i would like to disable that trap uh give me thieves tools oh erky has a ton of hit points doesn't he uh he has 17 hit points he's the most robust in this party (laughs) he has no armor class because he has no armor uh seven plus five is 12 you're not going to be able to dismantle it but you could use one of your pitons and spike that so that it'll hit that and get stuck yeah i'll do that i'll just spike it uh so that takes a, about a minute what do you want to do with erky he, he could bandage some bandage himself up and just kind of like grin and bear it he could heal himself he could drink a potion how are you feeling erky strangely uh, it, it's a bit invigorating i've been in that cage for months um I could, I could pray, but I think I might save my prayers for now. Uh, but he does bandage himself up just to stop the bleeding. I appreciate your go get him attitude. Let's get this loot. Let's go get this bread. <laughs> so he puts his hands on the uh, walls again, uh, and then he whispers a prayer to Onatar uh, that re- rebukes uh, those souls that have returned from Maybar uh, when they should not have. And the door slides open. Inside, five dusty sarcophagi sit in alcoves, three to the north and two to the south. Each of the carved stone coffins resembles a noble elf-like humanoid in ceremonial robes. An altar with images of dragons carved into black obsidian is set in the center of the west wall. A single candle burns brightly on the altar. Next to the candle are a small whistle and a crystal flask. Ooh, an ever-burning... Oh, but this is Eberron. An ever-burning flame is just like, whatever, man. (laughs) Right, you're not like, wow, that's amazing, but it's still sellable. It's still cool. So there are five sarcophagi and an altar. Yeah, there's so five undead and three of us. (laughs) Uh, I I turn to Erky and Meepo and I'm like, be very careful. Don't touch anything. It's probably all traps. And the sarcophagi are probably filled with ang- angry skeletons. Could be. I mean, I'm I'm going to thoroughly investigate this for traps or, or anything, any type of trigger or mechanism or anything. Like, I don't trust this room at all. There was a scythe to kill us and on our way in. I just don't <laughs> think this is going to go well for us. All right, so give me perception or investigation. Uh, that one was good. 13 plus 4, 17. Uh, which one are you using? That was perception. Uh, give me an investigation as well. No, 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 no. I don't investigate. Meepo investigates. Like, I gotta, I gotta stop doing my Oh, right, shoot, he has investigation, right? right? Meepo, Meepo, you look for traps. You're really good at that. Okay, so you're looking around and Meepo's investigating. He rolls a 20 plus 222. Thank you, Meepo. That's very good. <laughs> you don't see anything else in here. Um, the sarcophagi are, are obviously, you know, uh, are the work of an artisan. 
Um, and at your direction, Meepo isn't taking anything off the altar. He's not like touching anything, but he is, you know, sort of like running his hands through like mortar on the walls and things like that to search for anything. And he, he does notice uh, a latch. Like a, it's a, a stone that he can press in and out pops uh, a small drawer. And inside you find six peridot jewels, each carved in the likeness of a dragon. Ooh. And I'll tell you right now, they're each worth 10 gold, so 60 gold. Oh, look at turning a profit already. However, when he hits that and it pops open, you hear a grinding sound as the sarcophagi open and five skeletons emerge. One skeleton from each sarcophagi, as expected. Bo, I told you not to touch anything. Uh, so <laughs> give me initiative. Uh, oh my god, I rolled a 20 and a 19 on the first two, so I think that puts me at 23, Meepo at 21, and Erky at wow, 15, plus I think he's a zero, so 15. That's great, because the skeletons are going on a three. However, all of you are all of you are in the room, uh, which means that each of you is adjacent to at least one skeleton right now, but all of you go first. Erky is still a cleric. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, he's used his turn undead right. for the for the rest. Yeah, it seems like that's a cruel trick of, of the fates. Okay, um, so uh, Tez uh, kind of immediately springs into action, uh, will like cunning action to disengage from the skeleton in front of him mm-hmm. uh, and rushes over to Meepo. Uh, to uh, skewer, and as he, even as I say this, I know this is going to end poorly. Uh, skewer with his rapier. Okay. <laughs> skewer this uh, the skeleton uh, that's in, in uh, approached Meepo. All right, roll an attack. Seventeen plus five is twenty-two. Easily hits. Eight plus. Three is 11 damage, and it's uh, uh, piercing. So your rapier obviously like sort of goes through a lot of the bones. Um, it does break some of the ribs, though, and you, you feel like you know, you've definitely destroyed a lot of it. You do get the sense that if you could crush it somehow, it would do a lot more damage. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> uh, so you've done a bunch of damage to it, but it is still moving. That's how it goes sometimes. Uh, that's, uh, I think that's Tez's turn. And next is Meepo. Meepo. Um, so he's adjacent, so his sling is going to be tough to use. Although he has pack tactics, so he'll be rolling flat. Right, but he also carries a dagger and a spear. <laughs> <laughs> Two piercing weapons. Uh, noticing a trend here. Right, but the sling is bludgeoning. Yeah, so the sling will be disadvantage. Uh, right, but then advantage. Yeah, I think I'll net that out. So yeah, I'll just I'll I'll roll the sling in close range. At the one you hit? Uh yeah, yeah, against the same one. Okay. Uh so that's thirteen uh plus two. No, it's gotta be more than that. thirteen plus four, seventeen. Hits. Three plus two, five more damage, bludgeoning. The sling bullet goes right through the skull and completely polarizes it. The entire skeleton crumbles to the ground in a heap. I fist bump Meepo. He has no idea what's going on, but he gladly bumps back. So now he is not adjacent to anyone. 
I just realized that uh, Meepo has green flame blade. <laughs> <laughs> and also has the armor. So, so at least for this fight, I think I think uh, Meepo's gonna <laughs> gonna get some value out of his cantrips. Cool. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> that that's magic damage. <laughs> so he repositions to support Erky. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Erky's turn. Erky has a club, uh, I believe. Mm. He also has Sacred Flame, which uh, forces a deck save against radiant damage. So uh, Erky will uh, utter a prayer to... What's her name? Uh, Onatar. Onatar. And radiant flames will spring forth uh, onto the uh, skeleton in front of him. All right. 11 uh, deck save. That cannot possibly be successful right it was meepo casting it um yeah it should have his dc dc somewhere. 12 yeah hey yeah, all right correct. dc 12 all right roll damage all right that's a d8 radiant six radiant radiant fire burns uh the bones but they still remain standing now we're outnumbered and now it's the skeletons. All right, so there's four of them. So we're going to start with the skeleton that Erky just attacked, and it'll attack Erky with a short sword. 21 AC is going to yeah. do it. Or four piercing damage. Erky's looking about as weak as me and Meepo. The three others. One goes up against Meepo. Uh, 15 AC on Meepo. That hits. Four more slashing damage. Meepo cowers in pain. Oh, wow. One of them uh, walks up to you uh, and swings wildly and totally misses. Perfect. Uh, but two others pull out short bows. Two others? Oh, no, you're right. It's just one other. Yeah. Yeah, just one other, right? 16 AC. <sighs> yeah. That is seven piercing damage from the short bow. Oof. Don't love that. All right, so three of them are in melee, and one is uh, next to its sarcophagus. And you are adjacent to one of them now. And there's one that's been damaged uh, over by Erky and Meepo. So um, let's talk about crowbars. Okay. What is a crowbar if not a metal club? <laughs> I am okay with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going with a hand crossbow or greatsword, it'd be a little more difficult, but club, yeah, club is okay. fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're swinging this with strength. Wait, yeah, actually, that's actually just worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, deck space bludgeoning is tough to come by. It's really yeah. still slings. Ah, boy. Uh... You know, I mean, I think I think this just has to be just like sheer violence uh, is is really my only approach here. The violence of action. I so I will disengage and mm -hmm. uh, and go try to to finish off the the one that has been lit on fire. Okay. Uh, so I'll kind of duck and weave out of these stupid skeletons. The one thing I'm good at is getting away from them when they get close. So I will <laughs> do that, <laughs> and I will attempt to uh, to skewer this uh, this wounded skeleton. Great. You can run over and jump up on a sarcophagus and try to slice through it. Uh, yeah, no, that's yes. I will hop up on its sarcophagus fencer style and yeah. like, dance about. 
Uh, 17 plus 5, 22. That hits. And the damage is going to be... 10. 10 more damage. That's enough to take it out. Slice down through its bones. Yeah, the thing about skeletons is they still have, like, a meaty target in the skull. You just got to get it in the right part. <laughs> it's hard to tell when exactly the bones are not going to be connected anymore because it doesn't really have ligaments, so I don't know yeah, what's going exactly. on. But Exactly. It's, it's all made up. <laughs> all right, Meepo. There is one skeleton adjacent to Meepo. Yeah, the timing on this could have been better. Uh, Again, he could take a flat attack with the sling. Yeah, yeah, we'll take the flat. We'll just take the, the straight roll with the sling. Our luck has run out. Five. Five is not great. So yes, yeah. it, it goes wild. Meepo. Meepo's not long for this world. Who is the, uh, sorry, who's the skeleton in front of us attacking? The one adjacent to you attacked Meepo, but that he was also the closest one to it. it just sort of like walked up to the nearest person. I, I mean, I was thinking maybe he could sanctuary Meepo, but I think that just redirects the attack and that's not necessarily super advantageous for us. Right. If, if there's no one else, then it'll lose the attack. Right. But right now, it's got a bunch of targets. Also remember that sidekicks don't just outright die. They also make death saves. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Okay. Um, I think I think he just has the sacred flame, the one in front of him. Deck save. Six. That fails. Seven damage. Seven is a good amount of damage, but it is still up. This uh, initiative order is not great for Erky. Mm -mm. Uh, 16 AC. Yep. With a short sword, it'll do seven damage. Erky collapses. Oof, down to the ground. There are two more, both of them at a distance, and actually they are just going to shoot. 19 AC on you. That hits. For four damage. Okay. Down to three. And then the next one will miss. 12 AC. Yes, that misses. Top of the round, three skeletons. Desperately short on hit points right now. <laughs> and your healer is down. And our healer is down. <sighs> Things aren't looking good for our hero or his friends. Uh, one is damaged, two are not damaged. I, oh, man. I'm in. This is such a bad spot. Um, there's no real cover in this room. I mean,. You could get cover from some of them by ducking behind a sarcophagi, but you're not going to be able to, like, hide from all of them. It is a small room. You could, like, run out of the room. Right. Um, but then I'm I'm basically leaving Meepo. Uh, you know what? I mean, I think I'm I'm actually engaged with this thing, and... You're engaged with the damage one, yeah. I'm engaged with the damage one. Like, I think I've got to take an attack on it and see what happens. Uh, so I will attack with my rapier. 15 plus 5 is 20... That'll hit. And you have sneak attack on it. Uh, this, I don't know if this is enough. Uh, five plus two is seven plus three is ten total. That'll do it uh, with the radiant damage uh, that it took previously, and it collapses to the ground. So there's two left, and also two of you. And we have, we have a path to the doorway? Yes, they are on the inner part by the altar. Meepo, I don't think we can win this. We gotta go. You can also drag Erky at half speed. 
then I will use the cunning action to dash at full speed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you grab Erky and hightail that out of there. Uh, out the door. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Meepo, I'll have follow, and I'll say, Meepo, cover the door if they follow with your sling. So you want Meepo to also run out the door, duck sort of like around the corner, and then ready in action? Ready in action to shoot the first skeleton that appears. All right. Where do you go and where do you take her? Uh, I am just, I'm trying to get out the door and in a direction where like we, like I'm basically trying to avoid line of sight, right? Like right. I just don't want them to be able to get an angle to shoot an arrow on me uh, as I as I try to maneuver here. And so I'm hoping that Meepo can hold the line. With your cunning action, you can get uh, up to 20 feet away from the door. Is that enough to get around a corner or something like that? That'll give me some type of protection. Uh, yes. <laughs> can I hide? Oh, can I just leap into the fountain? Is that deep enough to lay flat? Oh, in? no. Yeah, it's not. It's not deep enough. It's like a drinking fountain. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Okay. Um, but no, there are uh, plenty of alcoves, actually. Yeah, you can get around a, a corner. Okay. So like if you duck around that corner, you can like sort of see through the the door into the the altar room. Yep, then I'll do that. And I'm thinking to myself, I should have grabbed that whistle. I should have blown <laughs> that whistle. All right, so you run out. Erky needs to make a death saving throw. Erky does need to make a death saving throw, but Erky is made from stern stuff. And Erky rolls a 14. Hey, one success. All right, so Meepo dashes out, uh, readies in action, and then the skeletons, you can hear, begin ambling after you. So one makes it basically right to the door, and then Meepo can take his attack. Does he have advantage for, like, surprising this thing or anything? Uh, no, because he, he's not hidden. You know what? Meepo is a hero. He crits. Oh, my God. <laughs> two uh, D what is two that? 2d4. 2d4 plus 2, yes. Yeah. 3 into 2 is 5, plus 2 is 7. Seven, seven bludgeoning, yeah. And the bludgeoning is doubled because they're vulnerable and it dies. <laughs> <laughs> Meepo, you're a damn hero. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, Meepo one shots a skeleton. <laughs> uh, and then the other one, which was further away, moves its uh, full amount and closes in on Meepo and is now adjacent, but had to use all of its movement to get there and so can't take a swing. Okay. And it is your turn. You'll have sneak attack because Meepo's adjacent. Yeah. Or there's Erky. Okay, I'm going to give Erky a potion. Okay, so that's your action. Yeah, so I'll give him a healing potion. So that's 2d4 plus 2. 5 plus 2 is 7. Is it 7 on the ground and awake? Great for action economy because Meepo goes and then Erky goes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, Meepo is adjacent to a skeleton. He doesn't have any way. Uh, to... <laughs> well, actually, you have a move. Uh, I do. And a kind of um, It seems so surprising that I would just walk up and heroically throw myself to give him back tactics. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're building a rapport. There's some camaraderie. Uh, I, I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess Tez is going to limp out there. I mean, wow. th okay, so so here's here's Tez's thinking. Mm -hmm. is He's already thrown good money after bad by giving Erky the potion. Mm -hmm. At that point, like, you're in for a dime. He's a gambler. You're in for a dime. You're in for a dollar. 
he's going to limp back out there with his like wounded sword arm and his useless rapier (laughs) (laughs) and he's he's just taking up space (laughs) (laughs) which is all that meepo needs right exactly he's just there to give meepo the opening for that (laughs) sling at close range (laughs) Uh, all right meepo makes an attack with uh no advantage or disadvantage 12 plus uh four is 16 that hits Oh, it's a one. One plus two. Three sling damage. So six sling damage, which isn't bad, but isn't enough to take it out. But Erky gets to go. I got Erky up so that I could Sanctuary Meepo and force this thing to lose an attack. (laughs) (laughs) Then I walked up into it. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Well, Erky's going to start solving this problem with, uh, with a Sacred Flame. So make a deck save, please. That's an 18. Okay, he's not going to solve this problem at all. So the Mabaran energy enervating the the skeleton shakes off uh, the power of, Ur- of Urki's prayer. And then it goes and it takes a slash at Meepo. 14 AC? Uh, yeah, I... 7 damage. Meepo falls. But it's your turn. And you are adjacent. This is actually anger now, I think. Mm. Uh, There's something about seeing this poor kobold dying on the floor that uh, triggers something that Tez didn't know he had inside. There's a rage to this, and it's uh, he's just going to all-out attack. So this will be rapier and dagger. Wow. All right. Uh, So the rapier is a nine plus five is 14. That hits. Okay. That's six plus three damage is nine. That's it. That'll do it. How do you destroy your your sworn enemy? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, this thing just like took a took a huge swing at Meepo and and put him uh, in the dirt. And so his back was to Tez. And uh, Tez just rams the uh, the tip of his rapier through like the base of the back of its skull, and straight out the top. Probably needs to go sharpen this blade. <laughs> <laughs> it all the bones clatter in a pile and never move again. However, we are still in initiative order because Meepo is bleeding out, and uh, it is Meepo's turn, so he makes a death save. Come on, 19. <laughs> He's so close to just getting back up and being a hero. <laughs> He's getting there. Uh, Erky's turn. Uh, so, Erky is trained in medicine, so Erky will administer aid to him. Uh, there we go. Give me a roll. Jesus, three plus two, five. Uh, that does not stabilize Meepo. He's working with, I don't have tools here. <laughs> Tez is not trained in medicine, <laughs> but is lucky so he's gonna he's got a plus two from his wisdom he's gonna try to tend to meepo as well they're working together on this problem you know okay uh 14 plus two all right so that stabilizes meepo that just stabilizes him at zero though doesn't it it does yes so you could wait for meepo to wake up or you could rouse him with some healing uh erky erky got spells i think we i think we gotta take a break here bud Oh, this, this, 
this room was more dangerous than I thought it would. It would be. But remember, Meepo isn't going to be able to spend a hit die unless he's conscious. Is that true? Yeah, you got to have one hit point to spend a hit die. Does Erky have cure wounds? He does. Uh, okay, yeah, then then Erky will, uh, will heal him as well. All right, so roll that one, and then I assume you want a short rest? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's a five, and then I think he adds two is his wisdom. Two yeah, four so, plus wisdom, yeah. So seven. So uh, I believe that, that actually... That's full, I think. Full, yeah. <laughs> so. Amazing. Meepo bounces back. All right, so you short rest. Um, roll your... Roll whoever's hit dice you want, and then I will let you know what is in that room. So here's a cool thing about Erky. Uh, and for whatever reason, the math works out this way. He has 5d6 hit dice. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what it says in the adventure. That's is right. Is it silly? Yeah. So he rolls a five and a two is seven. And he'll roll a third is four. That'll put him over his maximum. So he's back at full. Okay. Uh, now... A funny thing about Tez <laughs> is that he does not have many hit dice. No. But they are D8s, and he does have a plus one con, so he will... Oh, my God. He rolled an eight. Okay. Hey. All right. Back in the game. That's the thing about Tez is that he's always in the game. All right. Speaking of the game, you're here for the stuff. So you already got the 60 gold worth of Peridot jewels. Yes. Uh, on the altar... Uh, yes, the candle does have a continual flame. Uh, it's never going to go out. In the flask is a potion of fire resistance, Ooh. Uh, which you ascertain uh, pretty quickly during your short rest. And the whistle is made of crystal, and on it, inscribed in dwarvish, is the name Nightcaller. Uh, give me an arcana or a history check. Um, it'll be history... Uh, I'm actually trained in both, but it'll be history. Uh, 12 plus 2, 14. Okay. Um, you, you've you heard of whistles like this. Um, a few of them uh, pop up here and there, uh, but you don't know exactly what it does. You, you probably uh, would take it uh, back to town. Okay. Um, I probably will blow it and see what happens uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe not okay uh, so I have night caller I have a continual a candle with continual flame and then what was the third thing potion of fire resistance potion of fire resistance okay let me add that to my sheet thanks to D&D Beyond oh my god I'm running this whole thing on D&D Beyond and it is way easier uh, fire resistance uh, actually I bet night caller is in here too isn't it uh, yes. Add it to my inventory. Um, I won't although, what it does. Yeah. I don't you'll know what you'll it need does, to have but... someone identify it. Yeah. Uh, although, I mean, it'll still do what it does. I mean, you can you can take a look at it. But we'll get we'll get to that later. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Your curiosity satisfied, perhaps. What do you want to do now? Oh, so if you check on the goblins that you knocked out, you know they're only going to stay knocked out for a few hours. Right. They are still unconscious. Okay. Will that be one more hour? Will that be three more hours? You're not sure. I mean, I don't want to give them like CTE to just blunt force trauma them back <laughs> to like sleep here. But like, 
I, this is this is where the cruelty is worse when you try to be a good person. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just torturing them. Right. Exactly. At what point if I, is it less about them and more about me? Right. Um, are you are you going to crack on the skull again? No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, I'm not. And and I I don't think uh, I don't think there's a power play here. Um, rousing these goblins against the uh, the. The the read from Erky is that they're pretty terrified of this uh, of this oh, goblin, oh, right? Yes. So um, it, it's probably like my my only bet to get them is to kill the hobgoblin. Uh, if I were to attempt a coup, uh, and that just doesn't seem like a real, it th- seems like a pretty thin play for uh, for Tez here. So he's <laughs> going to go for the underhanded steal the steal the stupid dragon back. Sounds about right. Which means he's headed back into the jailer's room uh, to track down that dragon. All right. So from this room, there is an entrance to the jail, and you've already liberated everything in there. And then there are two more uh, doors, one to the north and one to the west. Um, have I really searched this room? I mean, is there any... Which one? Uh, the the room the jailers were in. I know I searched the the, the holding room where we found Erky, but uh, did I search this one? Um, ah, no, no, you did not. So if you sort of root through the things, because they were camping out here, right? This is right, basically right. like a sentry position. Uh, yeah, yeah, you find, um, stashed in a corner is a key that obviously opens the jail. Okay. Uh, and you find a silver flask of dwarven make. Uh, inside is more of that vinegary wine, but you're pretty sure that this, this flask itself is probably worth about 50 gold. Dang. Goblins are sitting on a gold mine. They don't even know. Cool. All right. Well, this expedition is getting back into the black, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> we were running pretty red for a while there, but uh, okay. All right. Uh, then yeah, let me. Uh, does Erky know which door um, the dragon, like which which door leads towards the dragon? He does not because he doesn't know um, really beyond this point. He doesn't know. Although actually he points to one and says he's pretty sure that's a larder. Um, and then to the door to the north, he says reinforcements usually come from there. Okay. Uh, well, then I'll check the larder first, I guess. Okay. I won't make you roll because there's nobody in there. Uh, so inside... Uh, you can see the goblin store water, wine, and food, none of which is particularly good quality in here. It's stacked halfway to the ceiling. There are ill-made barrels, boxes, and crates. And there is a straight shot through uh, to the other side, um, another door that leads further to the west. I need to start looking for signs that the like the dragon came through here. Is there, like, I imagine that the dragon probably put up something of a fight. Is there any evidence of, like, scratching or, you know, burns? Like, any, like, I'm thinking maybe the door frames. Not like, in here. Not in this room. Okay. Uh, what about the other, the other door uh, where the reinforcements come from? Is there any sign? Yeah. So if you look in there, it is a long hallway, 10 feet wide. Uh, there is a door at the far end of it, but also uh, halfway along the length of the hallway, there is another door. Um, Erky's pretty sure that uh, that door is uh, where reinforcements come from. He's not sure about the door at the end of the hallway. By looking at it, can I tell whether the door opens inward or outward? Uh, the door opens inward, so into the room. Okay. Um, 
so I can't really bar it shut. Uh, I'm going to rig that bell. Just rig a little warning for myself. If that door opens, I want the bell to ring. Mm, okay, so hmm. in this case, you kind of are setting a trap. Perfect. So give me a survival. Well, as you know, I'm a survivor. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to work harder, and I'm going to roll a 12 plus 2 is 14. All right, give me a stealth check. This is what I'm actually good at, and I'll roll a 7 plus 7 is 14. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're not, like, great at setting traps. Um, A couple times you... The, the bell almost rings while you're trying to set it up, but you're pretty sure you get it, and then you're able to you know stifle the bell sound. You now have that door trapped, so if someone opens it, it's going to ring. Okay. Then we'll proceed down the end of the hallway. All right, and here you can see already there are patches of frost on the doorframe. Ah, yes, perfect. This is this is the evidence I was looking for, I say quietly to Erky and, uh, and Meepo so that they know that I am a qualified and competent rogue archaeologist. <laughs> uh, and this door, this door opens into the hallway. Okay. I'll, I'll listen at this door again. Um, make sure, uh, you know, look for traps. I, give me I perception. gather these goblins are a bit paranoid. So mm-hmm. yeah, give me perception. Uh, 14 plus four is 18. Okay. You don't see anything. And when you listen at the door, you hear what sounds like um, sort of a deep, heavy breathing. All right, I will. Uh, I'll I'll motion to them to be quiet, and uh, and I'll I'll pantomime like you know a head on a pillow, and and point inside the door, and uh, then I will slowly open the door as quietly as I can, try to peek my mirror inside. This room is a wreck. So you can see it was originally a trophy room. There are mounted and stuffed animal heads on the walls, some of the townspeople's cows, but then also things like, you know, a deer with, you know, small antlers or like even rats have been, have, uh, been decapitated and had their heads mounted on, on the wall. Jeez. However, there are smashed and broken cabinets and small tables all around the periphery of the room. It obviously looks like someone has caused a great ruckus in here. In the center of the room is a rusted iron spike that trails a broken chain. There are thin patches of frost coating sections of the wall, the floor, and bits of the debris. And with that perception check, you can tell. So there's an upturned table on the north side of the room. And that breathing sound that you were hearing is coming from behind there, but you don't see anything from your current vantage point. Uh, I will quietly creep into the room. And uh, and motion towards um, towards the sling <laughs> that uh, Meepo has, and uh, and Erky, I I will like kind of motion towards like magic fingers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me a stealth check. Well, it's about as bad as I could do. A one plus seven is eight. Okay, so you try to creep into the room and. Meepo and Erky are tiptoeing behind you, but you step on a piece of debris, and from behind that upturned table comes the bright white snake-like neck of a small dragon. I say in Draconic immediately, do you want to live? 
the dragon starts laughing <laughs> and says, you're a brazen one. I, I can free you. I've already done that myself. And it nods its head toward the, the broken chain. And yet you're stuck here. Stuck? I'm making a little lair. And you can actually see, like, now that you're sort of standing up, you can see a bit behind the table. And the dragon has already started accumulating, like, a baby horde. You know, oh. it, like, bits of, like, detritus. But you can see there are, like, some shiny things in there. I'm going to live here and rule it as my kingdom. It's much nicer than being in a tiny little cage. Uh, however, then it spots Meepo. And, and the dragon's hackles get up. What are you doing here? Relax, 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 relax. Would you like some followers? I plan to have all these goblins following me very soon. And then, stares, at, stares daggers at Meepo again. And then the kobolds too. Treat me like a pet. Uh, and then the dragon inhales, not fully. Yeah. Uh, and then when she exhales, you can see there's there's um, like icy fog coming out of her nose. Um, you're not sure if this is a threat, but she's little. Actually, go ahead and give me an arcana check. I am trained in... No, I am trained in arcana. I'm just not smart. Um, 19 <laughs> plus 2 is 21. But you are lucky. I am lucky. Uh, so yeah, you would guess this is uh, this is actually a wormling, like relatively newly hatched, not more than a few decades old. Mm. Um, it's a white dragon, which I mean, this is Eberron, right? So all dragons are different, um, but the the stereotype is that they're more bestial and not quite as smart as most other dragons. But still, it's a freaking dragon in Corvair. That's kind of crazy. Where the heck did this dragon come from? The other thing you can tell is uh, it's a it's a female, but you're pretty sure that Meepo was referring to Calstrix because you know that's this is Calstrix right. um, as he. So you're also pretty sure that Meepo doesn't know much about dragons. Calstrix, uh, and and definitely even a wormling has a breath weapon, a very deadly breath weapon. Calstrix, uh, it looks right at you when uh, you you say its name she says huh so you uh you've heard of me of course yeah i'm curious how you came to be here in the first place how did they get you in that cage oh the kobolds it was a trick it was a dirty dirty trick well, naturally but how did they trick you there was meat there was much delicious meat uh cows cows they call it hmm and where where were you before they tricked you? Flying around as as I as I would. I don't remember too much. Did you hatch in these lands, or did you fly across the sea? How did you get here? There's very few dragons in Corvair. Most of them are on Zendric. Corvair, as if that's like a word that she's never heard before. I have come to make this my domain, uh, but give me give me an insight check. Eleven plus two. <laughs> okay, uh, she she's not really sure of the answer. Okay, like she she's not outright lying or making this up, but she's embellishing. I came here to make this my domain, and I was waylaid by the kobolds, the silly kobolds. Do I get the impression from this that, like, 
she was just born here and doesn't know anything else? That's uh, a possibility. But she probably wasn't raised... uh, uh, Were you raised by your parents? Did your mother, like, hatch you? Of course, of course I was hatched. I was hatched by a, a great, a great sire, uh, who was, who is now uh, on her own. I defeated her. I defeated her, and now I uh, am building my own horde and gathering my own followers, and you shall be the first of my followers, yes. Uh, we'll talk about that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Kelstrix, I don't know if you... Well, I, I don't know if you've heard of Morgrave University, but it's one of the finest institutions of knowledge and learning in, in all of the land. Uh, in fact, the dragon uh, says, oh, the college? It's a truly grand institution, a, a place where um, perhaps, you know, you could uh, find followers or knowledge or uh you know share great gifts uh you know enrich yourself and the world would you be interested could you become a professor i'm lying through my teeth (laughs) calstrix doesn't seem to know what you're talking about or be particularly interested um in fact she starts to be getting a little bored and start starting to move. Like she was reclining and now she's sort of gotten up to her haunches and isn't looking at you anymore. She's eyeing Meepo. And, and the completely unarmored gnome. I have not eaten in a while. Goblin does not taste very good. Unfortunately, uh, you won't be able to eat my companions. Uh, it's just would be a little rude, you know? Rudeness is coming to my domain without proper tribute. What have you brought me? I start looking through my bag for shiny baubles. Mm-hmm. You have uh, <laughs> six peridot gems. You got a dwarven flask. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to part with anything like that. And I, also, I need to get her out of here, right? That is the task for the kobolds. I think, I mean, I think what I need to do is is get close to her and... And I mean, frankly, attack her. <laughs> like I think I just have to like <laughs> overcome her. So wait, what's your goal here to do with her? Because like she is actually no, she's only medium size. So you could drag her out of here if you could somehow knock her unconscious. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I have to do, right? Because I need to like I need the kobold's help. Uh, this dragon is obviously like a, a greedy like it's just going to oppress them anyway. So like, I don't want that to happen. Uh, and frankly, she's not very nice and I don't like her. <laughs> so I don't have, and, and like dragons are like dragons are uh, sapient. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're also like incredibly uh, like avaricious and frankly, like don't really care about us. That's certainly right? what you've heard. Like and her disregard for us and and for propriety makes me not care about her either. And so I don't have any qualms, even if I just kill her. Honestly, um, though I want to keep her alive for the uh, for the cobalts. And also, I know like she'll eventually just outgrow this, and like they're screwed anyway. It it does occur to you that you know they keep her as a pet long enough. Eventually, she like there's there's no way they can keep her contained long term. 
so this is a mere speed bump for this dragon. This isn't <laughs> like this isn't dooming her for her whole life, right? So uh, she, I'm viewing her as a tool, and that just means she needs to be overcome. Uh, and so I, I'm just trying to maneuver ourselves into a place, uh, kind of separate corners of the room, I suppose, where I will approach her horde in which to donate, uh, you know, make my donation to her horde. Okay, so by separate corners, you mean you're splitting up the party so they're not grouped together? So they're not in breath weapon range. Yes, okay, wise. <laughs> wise indeed. All right, so each uh, Erky and Meepo go to uh, separate corners. Meepo goes to the far corner. Uh, and then, so you take out the baubles first. I, I will, yes. Okay, and, and then I will slowly begin approaching. Exactly. Okay. Um, give me persuasion, deception, one of those persuasion uh, I, I feel okay so so what I would like to do I mean honestly what I would like to do is like make her like lull her into enough sense of safety here and like mm-hmm. that I can actually like surprise her and, and get sneak attack so can I <laughs> can I use deception in order to do that mm, that's gonna be tough that's fine I'm willing to deal with the consequences if you can get close enough, right? Because she's on the other side of this table. Uh, like, I, I want her to count the... Like, I want her to, like, feel, like, the the gems, right? Like, I want her to feel the, the gold and uh, and the silver flask and stuff in her hands, right? Like, I want her fascinated with the shininess. Like, that's kind of what I'm trying to get here. 13 plus 7, 20. 20 is good. Okay, so you approach, you know basically like with your, your head down, um, showing contrition and like uh, um, offering these shiny baubles and she seems uh, to like them very much. This lets you get close enough and she sort of indicates that you should like display them before her so that uh, she can examine them. I insist that you feel this fine silver flask. Note, note its craftsmanship. This is dwarven craftsmanship. Feel this in your... Let your claws just feel the etching in this flask. So if you lay them out for her, arrayed for her, then she will take a claw and sort of tap the the flask. And you can see she's still uncautious. Uh, so her claw sort of like scratches the, the silver. Uh, that doesn't seem to, to bother her, but... I groan. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like she has a preternatural sense. Like she taps it and it rings and she's, she's like nods her head a little bit like, ah, oh, this is real. Um, you are close enough now where I will let you do this. So if you want to attack her and get sneak attack, you can use your cunning action to duck behind the big wooden table that's overturned. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll let you hide, and then when you spring back, you'll have, uh, you'll be attacking from hidden. If you do that all at once, but then that's gonna throw everything into chaos. While she's kind of inspecting the tribute, I'll mm-hmm. kind of give a look to Erky and give a nod to Meepo, <laughs> <laughs> and then duck behind the overturned table. <laughs> all right, uh, spring out and make your attack, and then we're gonna go to initiative order. All right, oh, boy. Rapier's out, boys. So that's advantage, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm hit. I needed it. Uh, that's a ten plus five, fifteen. Ugh. Seriously? Yeah, it glances off her scales. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Am I not level three yet? <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to find out what horrible things happen next, next time. All right, let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPT Cast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. And before we wrap up, we want to take a moment and thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show every single week. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all our rewards at patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. And what do we have planned for next week's episode? We are rounding out, heading toward the end of Sunless Citadel. So be there and let's see what happens. Is this one breath weapon and down? We play to find out. (laughs) That's it for actual play episode six of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. <laughs>